morning. This is part three. We're talking about faith. And I need to get right to it. I just asked my son if he'd be preaching next week. And he'd already had that plan. So i got to get this series done this week. So that means we're going to move right along. And I'll probably have to take a little out. But we'll get what God wants us to do here. Amen. One of the statements we looked at last week says uh, vision activates faith. Vision activates faith. Where that vision comes from a scripture or it comes from a time of prayer and the Lord, just, you have that knowing from the Lord. Where that is, God, that, that vision activates your faith. And one of the things we learned, one of the principles is that we need to write it down. And if there's a need in your life, is there a circumstance where you want to see God move in your life? Find that area in the Word of God. Begin to apply it and begin to believe the promises of God. Uh, there were several different areas that we looked about, looked at over the last couple of weeks. Faith and trust, which meaning trust in the Lord. Uh, faith, this statement here, faith is more about receiving than doing. Faith is more about receiving than than doing. So first of all, I want you to receive the message here today. Whether I get it all covered or not is not that important, but if you don't receive what's being brought to you right now, then it won't do you any good. So that means just get rid of everything else you're thinking about. Just relax, because that's how you receive faith. Just relax, remember? Okay? So let's just have a word of prayer so that we can get tied in. And you say, well, you got to start and stop. That's right. I got to start and stop because I want to make sure you're tied in. Okay? Eyeball to eyeball. All right? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit illuminating us and bringing us truth that we can apply in our life and see our lives transformed. So, Father, today we receive it in the name of Jesus. In Hebrews 4. 13, it says, For we who have believed do enter that rest. For we who have believed do enter into that rest. Then Luke 18, 42 says, Then Jesus said unto him, Receive your sight, your faith that made you whole. So we must enter into that rest, and we must receive. Simply relaxing in Him and receiving what God has for us. In John 15, 7, we say the word abide. And we're just reviewing quickly. Say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now what does that mean by abide? One of the meanings is to just rest. Just like a, a mother holding the child in her arms, that child is at full rest and assurance of the keeping power of the mother. So we rest in the arms of the Lord. We abide in Him. And if we abide in His words, abide in us, and we abide in Him, then what we ask, we shall see it. It says, working to full capacity, another definition of the word abide, is working to full capacity in a relaxed state of faith. Working to full, in other words, working with God instead of for God. Religion teaches working for God. God teaches working with Him. Because we're His children. We're family. We're a part of uh, the kingdom of God. So we, he tells us that we work together. It is not about an effort or a struggle trying to get the promises and the blessings of God. What you read in the Word. It's not about a big, but you doing all you can do, and then because you've done your part, and you've finally done whatever it was, then you receive. None of us was raised that way. If it was, 
uh, we wouldn't have had nowhere near the toys that we had. We wouldn't have had as, as, as all the other things that we had because mom and dad was going to bless us and give them because they just loved us. Even when we were disobedient, they still loved us. Amen? Amen. Is that right? Well, God is much greater, uh, Father, than any of our parents could be as far as loving and desiring to give to us. This statement here that we looked at last week, faith relaxes in the vision you have seen and turns the timetable over to God. Fully relaxing in what He's given you, what you've seen, the promise of His Word, and turning and waiting on Him, turning that timetable completely over to Him. The next area we looked at was faith in words. Our words that we say are very important. It says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Your words must come into agreement with the vision God has given you. Your words must come in agreement with the vision God has given you. What that means is that we talk in agreement with what the Scripture... We don't say the opposite of. We don't speak doubt, unbelief, fear. Fear does not mix with faith. We speak, and that's why He continues to tell us to fear not. So Jesus tied your faith to your words. And here's about where we got last week. In uh, Mark chapter 11, 23, it says, For surely I say, unto, say to you, whatsoever, Whosoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have what? Ever he says. So it's important what we say and, and what we speak out. Because there's power in that in the life and death, and there's and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So there is a blessing. There is the fruit of what will come forth in our mouths as we are getting in line with the word of God. Now in Romans chapter four, verse twenty says this about Abraham. Remember we talked about Abraham. God gave him a great vision. He believed the vision. It was counted unto him for righteousness. God told him, even though they were uh, had no children, were barren, and he looked up in the sky and the stars, and God said, as many as the stars of the sea, and then looked down and the sands of the sea, this is what your descendants are going to be. And he, he believed that word, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness, and even though he did struggle with it as time went on. Uh, but we find in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, it says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. That was Abraham. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He struggled not at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief is the refusal to believe. It's just not that, well, I'm having a hard time with this. I'm not really sure about that. That's not unbelief. That's doubt. Okay? And, and, and we, will, we will struggle with doubt at times. This series is talking about removing those struggles. But unbelief is saying, because we know that Abraham had some issues and with the, even the promise, and he tried to get it fulfilled himself with his own efforts. But he, but he said he staggered not in unbelief, which unbelief is a refusal to believe. So that's not you. You're not one who refuses to believe. For one reason, you came here to the church to receive the Word of Truth, and you are a believer. You're here today. 
But the next thing it says that He gave glory to God. Praise is the language of faith. Praise is the language of faith. When we have our struggles and we have our opposition and we worship and praise Him in the midst of that, it brings forth glory to God, but it brings it breaks down the, the opposition of the enemy whereby we can break through. And what most of the opposition, more than the enemy, it's our own selves and the way we think and the way we do. Sometimes we, we have circumstances that are so overwhelming that it's so hard for us. But if we can learn the principles. And I know of a minister and, and he had taught faith for 25 years. And he was... Uh, he knew the principles, and he knew this principle of praise in the midst of the opposition. And one day, his, there was a terrible car accident. His granddaughter and a, a, a next-door neighbor girl was in this car accident, and they were seriously injured. They were both in intensive care when he got to the hospital. They told him they didn't know if his daughter, granddaughter would make it. If she did, she would never walk again. Not sure the other was in critical condition. She may not walk again. Broken bones, all this kind of stuff. He stepped in there in the intensive care room and he lifted his eyes up to the Lord and began to ask Him and ask God to heal them both. And he asked them, he prayed one time and for their healing and then he began to praise God. He began to worship the Lord. He began to thank God as they were working. He stepped to the side and the nurses would look at him and they'd think, man, what's wrong with him? How can he be over there? This is his granddaughter. And how can he be over there thanking God and, and telling God how great he is? And, and they just thought he was kind of weird, you know. But he continued to worship. Some hours went by. And when the next nurses came on board and the next doctors came on board, the nurses that had been there told them, it says, don't you bother Him. We don't fully understand, but as long as He is praising God, something is happening to those children and their bodies are being healed. We don't understand it. Just don't leave Him. Just leave Him alone. And He continued to worship the Lord. And as time went on, several days passed. And after a few days passed, the, 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 the dog, not the granddaughter, but the other girl, she walked out of that hospital on her own accord, no cast on her body. She was completely healed. Now the granddaughter took a little longer. He was there a couple of weeks, worshiping and praising God. But within a couple of weeks, she walked out of the place of her own accord as well, completely healed and restored. Now... The praise and worship to God, I'm telling you, it makes a big difference in the midst of that. It's the hardest thing to do at that time. When you're in a situation like that, and I didn't even tell you but half the story, because if I told you the rest of the story, you wouldn't be able to hear the rest of the message because he had to deal with a whole lot more than that. But he worshiped God. He knew the principles. So did Abraham. And Abram began to worship in God and trusted the Lord through that, uh, uh, through the word that God had given him. But what happens when we get pessimistic and our words uh, begin to change and and uh, begin to speak words of doubt? What happens is, and our thanksgiving turns to grumbling, and that's what happened to the children of Israel, and and it costed them forty years. They had to stay longer in the wilderness. But what happens is that that it begins to cloud the vision, the promise that which God has promised, that which we're believing for. 
And remember, as Ed Cole has taught us in, in the past, it says, a man without a vision will return to his past. So now, you don't have a vision, and you return to the misery, to the woe of it. And you begin to lose, lose hope. But if you will turn and repent of, of those words and begin to worship God, and to, then you will begin to continually keep that vision and see the promise come. Nehemiah, in chapter 4, he also understood the power of words. Nehemiah was a man of God. The city around Jerusalem, the walls had been fallen. They had been, they had been overcome. They were in captivity. They, they served another king. And uh, the walls were in ruin. And, and he got permission from the king to rebuild the walls. And, and they'd been burned in the rubble and all of that. And, and he began to do that. And the people... Uh, began to murmur a little bit, and the, and and there was the the, the the king's people, the other part of the country. That some of them didn't like what he was doing, and told lies on him, and and tried to stop the work, and threatened to attack him, and all these kind of things. But God had a plan; He had a purpose, and those walls were to be built to teach them, uh, teach them something. But here's what happened in uh, Nehemiah chapter four, verse ten. And Judah said, "The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish." so that we're not able to build a wall. So they began to speak for those negative things. And, and in verse 14, here's what Nehemiah said. He says, And I looked and rose up, and I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your spouses. So he encouraged them. To not be afraid. Remember, remember our awesome and, and, and mighty God. And what God was doing with them is the same thing that He is doing with us here today. And the word that God gave me when we started this series that He wanted to realign and He wanted to restore and He wanted to bring revelation. He wants to realign our thinking. And, he, and that's what Nehemiah did. He went to them and He told them to realign their thinking so that... They could bring the restoration. In this case, the example, we're rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem so that God could bring them the revelation that He wants to bring them. And that was a revelation of deliverance out of captivity. And God wants to do the same thing. And you and I here this, in this time that we're living in to bring us a realignment of our thinking to align with the Word of truth and win with faith that He can re uh, Restore what has been destroyed and give us a new vision for our future. Other examples we find in the Word of God, and one of the greatest examples that we find in the Word of God is about the 12 spies that went out. And we see a powerful contrast between the negative words and a good report and an evil report in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For, if we're, for we are well able to overcome it. So we're able to go in. This is before the 40 years. We're able to go in and take the land that God has promised. But in the very next verse, in verse 31, it says, But the men that went up with, with Him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And here's what God said in response to that in Verse 28, to those who negatively affected the congregation of people. So saying to them, as truly as I live, in verse 428, saith the Lord, 
as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. And what was he? What was the outcome? Was it that for forty years, and they died in the wilderness, the ten spies. But the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, that gave the good report, who responded in faith, they was able to go into the promised land forty years later. So we need to watch the words of our conversation. We need to watch the words of others that they speak to us. And we also need to dwell on the words that God has given us and, and that God is speaking about to speak those things that will build up and praise with the language of faith. Consider this statement here. Living by the principles or by this principle has brought many believers into success and great victories. Living by this principle that we're teaching and talking about right now has brought so many into victory and great victories and success in their lives. So if you're one in a battle, if you're one looking for victory, repent of those negative words of unbelief and begin to praise the Lord every day for His promises and rest and enter into that rest. Let Him realign your thinking. Maybe you have stopped believing God for something. Maybe you have prayed for something. If we get to it a little bit later, I'm going to talk about someone who had prayed for something many years but had stopped. And then God began to do it in their life. And then they had, they, they said, how, how can I even know this thing? They got it, but they had, they got, you know, had some tests in there. But maybe today there's something that you've stopped praying about. Maybe you've given up. God wants you to realign, realign and get you believing once again so that He can bring that restoration and bring a new vision of your future. One of the other things that God wants us to do is have faith and growth. Growth in our faith. Faith begins with vision, continues with your words, and ends with growth. God's plan is that we grow in Him and to grow others as well. Next couple of slides, we're going to skip those. But we're going to go and talk about faith and miracles. Faith and miracles. Do you need a miracle? Everybody would love to have a miracle, right? Experience a miracle in their life. Romans 10, 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you need a miracle, then believe it, confess it, and receive it. And you say, well, hey, that, that's kind of hard. It, well, if you take the fullness of the Word and understand the Word is not, not it's, more, it's more than just that simple. You did it before. You, every one of you that has accepted Jesus Christ, you have done this very thing. And you've experienced the greatest miracle on this earth. And that is, you believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. You accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. You received the miracle of salvation. Your spirit was reborn. That's how simple a miracle is to be. It's not meant that you have to go fast for a hundred years or weeks or months or days. Read, memorize the whole Bible. Do all these things like that. It is in the same category as an individual who didn't know anything and then hears the Gospel for the first time and accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's how miracles come to pass. 
Simply believe God's Word. That's what you do for a miracle. Simply believe God's Word. By letting the Word change your heart. It says, well, we just read that verse. Believing in the heart. So the heart being believed. Now, a lot of people want to skip this part. Or they get in a hurry here. They want to stop or skip this step. And they try to believe without spending enough time in the Word of God, which changes their mind and their heart. If you spend enough time in the Word of God, meditating in the Word of God, that's why He says to meditate there day and night, and you shall prosper. You become a tree planted by the rivers of water. You'll be blessed going in and out. But to spend enough time in the Word of God, meditating to change your mind and your heart. We want to... Man, this is expressing me to you. We just, we just want to blab it and grab it. Just come on, let's blab and grab. Let's get the McDonald's style faith miracle here. But if you'll take the word, begin to let it happen in you. Take this statement here. It's what we believe in our hearts and say with our mouths that we receive. So if we don't have enough faith to get it, then here's where you get the faith. In Romans 10 17. Romans 10 17, faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So you get into the Word of God. You start filling your ears of your heart with the Word until the faith for your miracle is born. Just like you were reborn. You fill the Word with yourself with that. There was a woman with an issue of blood we find in the Word of God. And she uh, had very sick, spent all of her money, and, and uh, she believed in her heart that Jesus, if she could just get to her, that Jesus would heal her. He could just, if she could just get to Him. The first thing that she did, she spoke her faith out loud. She said what she believed. Secondly, she acted on that faith. Boy, did she act on that faith. Because she was unclean. She wasn't allowed to be in multiple people. But she went through the crowd. She could have been captured and stoned to death before she got to Jesus. But something was going on. Third, she received her miracle. Now, Jesus didn't decide at that moment, I think I'll work a miracle on this lady. Matter of fact, He is God. He was God on the earth, but He became man. So when He became man, He was not all-knowing. God in heaven was all-knowing. God knew she was what she was doing. God knew she was coming to Him, but Jesus didn't. Well, how do you know Jesus didn't? Well, because He was in the multitude, and all of a sudden He stopped and said, Who touched me? I mean, if He was all-knowing, He would have known who did it. And they said, who touched you? What do you mean? Everybody's bumping you and touching you. What are you talking about? He said, no, somebody touched me. He realized, he noted the virtue of healing power of God left him. and went somewhere. And he turned to her and said in Matthew 9, 22. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well that hour. She was made well that very hour. She made it happen. She reached out in her faith and drew on the power of God. She reached out and touched Him. How would you like a miracle? I see some of you here today and I can see emotion on your face. I can see some of you fighting back tears because there's something that's near to your heart. 
And I want you to understand that God cares. And it might be something small, it may be something big. It doesn't matter in God. It makes no difference to Him. You may be just struggling in your relationship with Him. You may be struggling in a relationship with another. You may be struggling. It doesn't matter where or whatever it is. How big or small that it may be. All you are to do is to believe and reach out and receive. Remember we talked about having faith. Relaxing and believing. God wants that very thing that you are concerned about. The reason you're concerned about it is because, well, there's a need there. But there's a reason why you're meditating or even thinking about it right now. That's because God's Spirit is dealing with you. And He is saying, I want you to receive this. I want you to have that miracle. I want you to understand you don't have to do something else here today. You don't have to get up and go do something. You already know enough of the Word of God. You already have meditated on the Word of God. You already know Scripture. Then just take it. And say, yes, God, I believe. And enter into that rest and watch the weight come off. There is a weight upon you. And that weight is, He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But if it gets too heavy and too hard, what's going on? That means we're taking on a responsibility to Him. If there's a heaviness on you right now, it has come upon you. It's not... It, 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 and it's too heavy, and you can't handle it, then God is saying, that's my part. Let me have my part. And then He wants you to believe, and He's dealing, that you may receive the very thing that will change your life, the very thing that is yours, that belongs. It's a promise of God. So do like this same woman did, and just reach out, believe God, take Him at his word. In about a month or so, I'm going to preach part four. And we'll get to some of that. But the woman with the issue of blood, you have the same opportunity. Your faith will bring you into abundant life. So reach out to Jesus, believe, confess it, receive it. Your miracle today, your future is in your hands. Your future is is bright. He's realigning your thinking right now. You say, well, what? A, wait a minute. I, 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 I'm not you know, the preacher. I'm not this Abraham, and I'm not the one with you, and I'm not that great, and you know, I don't even read my Bible every day, and I don't pray every day, and, and you know, I'm just not, you know, you know, you know, our greatest enemy is our own selves. And so now we're there breaking the devil, binding up the devil. He's already bound. He's underneath our feet. God's already won that battle. So don't even worry about that part. The biggest part is your own. And that's why he's realigning us here today. Think about David, King David. We're going to go to 1 Samuel 2.22. And King David had, I mean, he had some problems and he was before he was king. He wasn't even king. And then in 1 Samuel 2 and uh, or 22 verse 2, it says, And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontent gathered to him. So he became captain over them and there were about 400 men with him. 
Now, this was before he was king. And who did he get? He got the discontent. He got the people in debt. What was the debt, discontent, whatever. I mean, I mean, misfits. These are the people that God gave him. Do you know what happened to these men and women and their family? You know what happened to them? They became the mighty men of God in David's kingdom. So if you're going to compare yourself to somebody, go ahead and compare yourself to these guys here. Okay, I'm in debt. We won't ask you to raise your hand. I'm not happy. We're not going to raise our hands. I'm messed up. I'm this, I'm that. It doesn't matter to God. He has chosen you. You're His children and He loves you. Amen. And He's saying to you here today, you can have a miracle. Thank you, Lord. You can have a miracle. Everybody stand. You can have a miracle. You can have a miracle right now. Right here. Today. Did I hear that? I mean, I said you can have a miracle right now, right here, today. Okay, now if you hear another voice saying something different, just cast that down right now. I can believe. I, I can believe. Say that to yourself. Say that out loud. I can believe. I can receive. I receive it now. See, this is how we got to talk to ourselves. This is how we believe. And we receive a miracle today. What is a miracle? A miracle is something you can't do. A miracle is something that you can't perform. You can't change it. So you put it in the hands of God and believe Him for it because that's His speciality. That's what He's about. And this is the new people that God is raising up in the day that we're living in. And you're going to begin to see more and more miracles in the church and in the body of Christ than you've ever seen before. Amen. That day is upon us, but there's a realignment that is coming. And that realignment is happening now as our minds begin to be realigned. And He will restore. I see worry on somebody's face. Cast that off. He is going to restore. The enemy is not going to win. You're going to win. And you're going to see that in your mind it's a miracle. Amen. But you're going to see it come to pass. You need that today. You need that miracle. Just lift your hand up to Him right now. God knows exactly what it is. You've already been talking to Him about it. And today God is renewing you. There was an old man in the Bible and he was praying for a child and his name is Zacharias and, and finally when he's old and the angel came and said you, you we're going to give you a baby. Just like you did Abraham. We're going to give you a baby. He said, how can I know this? Well, he had doubt. He had unbelief. He was struggling with it. He had doubt. But God did it anyhow. God did bring it to pass anyway for him. Why? He had given up. And he had stopped praying. And he had been looking at his circumstances. Some of you have been giving up on your miracle. And you've been looking at the circumstances. And God is saying to you right now, just to turn from that and begin to look at the answer fresh and anew. 
Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I ask you to realign our thinking. Every person that has their hand raised, realign their thinking for this miracle and the need, the desire in their heart right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we confess it is done. We receive it. We believe your word. You said in your word. You said in your word. You said in your word. And I take it and receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe and receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give God a hand. Give a hand.